purple elephant shower thought of the day, my head is very slowly 3D printing my hair. This is Purple Elephant Radio, where we hear about storytelling, originality, and creativity from the creators who are actually making something matter. I'm your host, Sean Green. This summer, I've been working on a big project, a book, a book for creatives, for artists, for content creators. This book is called The Purple Elephant Artist, art and essays for creatives. With the help of some wonderful people, Sveta Wannenberg, Jada Bennett, and Olivia Childs, we have made something awesome. You know, I think there are an abundance of online courses and books that revolve around teaching specific skills whether it's marketing tactics or actual techniques when it comes to creative mediums. But what I think is underrated is the mindset behind creativity, the psychology, the philosophy, the why of why we create. So really what this whole book is revolving around is what are the mindset shifts you need to make? What are the questions you need to ask yourself? The questions only you can answer. Your original work without feeling like you have to mimic someone. My whole intention for this thing is to prove to you that you are capable of creating, of being creative. And I hope that it will inspire you to create your own brand, your own art, your own stories. So please check the link in the description, go on Amazon, either pre-order or order that book, depending on when you're hearing this. And I promise you it will be worth your while. Today's guest is a an illustrator and graphic designer from Moscow, Russia. So, very uh, I'm taking this podcast global. Um, who specializes in creating posters, maps, and lettering, and just is a fan of all things pop culture. And we're gonna really get into her her style of art and kind of how she got started. Um, and my guest is no one other than Maria Ku, who also goes by Grenadine. Welcome to the show. Hi. I kind of want to just get this out of the way before I forget, but where does that Grenadine, why has that kind of been, I mean, it's your Instagram handle and I think Tumblr as well. What is the origin story behind that? Um, I actually kind of wish I'd picked something else back when I picked this. I think I was 16-ish at the time and um, I'd just been on vacation before that. And uh, there was this bar that obviously like I couldn't get served alcohol there, but they did have uh, like the grenadine syrup, um, which I really enjoyed. So I would just ask for stuff with like grenadine and pretend like I was an adult. Um, And that username was taken on DeviantArt, which was where I needed it for. So I added the extra R's because it just sounds like growling, I guess. Um, And I stuck with it ever since. I think it just migrated from platform to platform. And um, yeah, it's a lot of hassle to choose it. And by now, I think I'm kind of used to it anyway. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I I like it. I kind of I didn't know what the origin story was, but that makes sense. Like, I've definitely had usernames for stuff where I kind of pick it as a kid. And I'm just like, you know, I'm stuck with it. If it's like a, a Gmail account, 
And it's just like some, like my first email and I don't care if anyone sends it, but it was super shark six. And I picked that when I was like 13 and I always stuck with it. And then I finally, I'm like, okay, I just need a normal email with my name, but <laughs> that's funny. I, I, I have heard a lot of that, like just picking a, a name too early and kind of being stuck with it, but maybe we can get into, so, so you really started kind of this branding and really diving into this pretty young, uh, at 16, when you were, uh, deciding that name, I wonder in the span of time between then and kind of where you are now, maybe you could give us the quick summary of the evolution of your art and journey as an artist. And maybe just for, cause I know that's a lot of years, but maybe we can simplify and say right at the beginning of your journey, when did you distinguish yourself from kind of an amateur doing this for fun as a hobby to I'm a professional? professional. I, I take this seriously. What was that transition? Um, it, there was actually a pretty formal point for the transition. I got hired as a graphic designer out of college. And at that point, I was like, okay, this is my job now. Because before that, I, I was in college for a completely unrelated degree. Um, I majored in communication and modern languages. So it has nothing to do with art. And uh, art was just a hobby on the side. And until I got the sort of like external validation that people would actually pay me money for art, I didn't really consider myself uh, an artist or like a professional, I guess. And I'm, I'm wondering, I mean, because clearly you speak fluent English um, and you're from Russia and you speak Russian. Was that, did you really learn English having that major of communications? I mean, was that kind of the, the, the thing that really stuck with you from that, from your experience in college? Well, I'd actually studied English before that at school. And I also have relatives in the States. So I would visit them. And I think that was actually like the biggest contribution to uh, my command, such as it is of the language. But I mean, college was pretty good where languages were concerned. I also used to know Spanish pretty well, but it's like it's all gone by now. Uh, so it did it did definitely contribute, but I wouldn't say it was the like deciding factor. Okay, I get what you're saying. Yeah, and I wonder, has just the fact that you're bilingual, has that influenced the, the art you do now? Because it's so um, letter-based, word-based. At, like as a graphic designer, and I know that, you know, words are part of graphic design, but I feel like your style really stuck out to me because of words kind of taking the center stage of a lot of your projects. And so I wonder, has that always been something you've been interested in just words, letters, um, that kind of formatting? Or was that just like, I slow, you slowly developed into that? Um, I think it was more of a slow process. I can absolutely say that just like knowing, you know, foreign languages does help with lettering a lot just because, uh, I don't know if you know it, but Russian has a different, like a completely different al alphabet and the letters function differently. So when you learn two systems of writing letters, I think it sort of helps you improve both of them. Uh, and maybe, you know, find more interesting shapes or just like, like different, you know, connectors between letters. So that's definitely, you know, played some part in my interest in letters. But I was, 
you know, I was interested in letters for a long time, but I only really started taking them seriously maybe like four years ago. I decided to finally, you know, take up some courses on lettering so that I wouldn't just like float around in a sea of, you know, what I thought had to be done, but it would actually have a sort of, uh, you know, basis that I could work off from and just like learn letter theory and stuff. Yeah. And on that same note, I mean, I think another big thing that I noticed in your art is the emphasis on maps. And so has that also been kind of a, a thing where you always been interested in maps and now you developed that or was it again, kind of a slow journey? This is actually, uh, this I can say for certain, it's something that's been with me since my childhood, because I remember being fascinated by atlases and also my best friend, uh, had this book of like fa illustrated fantasy maps and whenever I would visit her we would just like whip it out and you know uh study it and I obviously I never thought I would be doing something like this but I was for sure just really fascinated by it and just all kinds of maps but like fantasy and illustrated maps especially yeah yeah and I think what I've noticed is uh so on some of your personal work, you kind of, and I may be getting this wrong, but you brought like maps with albums, like music albums. Maybe oh, I'm just yeah. looking at one. I thought that was such a creative use of maps and kind of, you just had this interest in, in maps and that kind of shows up in, in other areas of your art, which is really, really neat. Um, but I kind of want to step back to, again, your kind of journey leading up to where you are now. So you got your first job as a graphic designer and that kind of gave you confidence. What was the evolution from there? Are you, I mean, are you still working at that job or have you kind of moved on doing freelance? I mean, what was the step from working as a graphic uh, designer? To, I am. Yeah, go ahead. I am actually still working at that job, but okay. I'm also doing gigs on the side. So uh, I'm still at that same, it's an IT company and I'm, I'm still their in-house graphic designer, but I've, branched out and I also have another more or less stable gig that I do um you know on the side every year it's uh, for just work for a movie festival so that is also that has been another like long time gig but other than that it's just smaller commissions so I'm, I'm trying I'm trying to like combine all of this uh you know with varying degrees of success it's a lot of just time management hassle but it, it works more or less yeah. And I mean, so you clearly, I mean, you must like that, that job that you have now, if you've been there for so long, is there a kind of a next tier for you where, you know, in the ideal world, you're doing this full time, you're doing, I mean, are you very content with how you're doing? Or is there an area that you want to grow as uh, an artist? I definitely want to uh, change the ratio of like illustration to graphic design. So Currently, I would say most of my work is graphic design and maybe like, uh, I don't know, 25% is illustration. And I would want to have that switched around. Uh, I'm working on it slowly. So I'm, I'm definitely getting more uh, illustration commission and like lettering commissions. So that's been nice. I'm curious why, why that shift. Was there a reason that you kind of want to go more the illustration side? Uh, I'm just... I just find more pleasure in it, I think. <laughs> and that's just the main, that's the main reason. Yeah. Cause I mean, and I guess I'm not really in that, that type of art world. I don't really 
mess with illustration too much or graphic design, but for someone who's kind of outside looking in, how would you describe the main differences between, you know, someone who's a graphic designer and someone who's an illustrator? Because I'm sure there are a, a lot. Uh, yeah, there are a lot. I would say, so for an illustrator, you definitely have, like, the main thing that you're doing is drawing. And with graphic design, the main thing you're doing, and, you know, this may also include, like, illustration and lettering, but the main thing you're doing is you're uh, combining elements to make, you know, whatever it is you need to make. Normally something promotional or, like, brand identity related. So I guess design is more about uh, combinations and illustration for me is more about just like, you know, not pure creation, but it, it's definitely more, um, I don't know, more, yeah. More, more, cre more creative freedom, it sounds like from what you're saying. Yeah, because I think, and you can kind of correct me on this, but graphic design is it everything with graphic design, it's designed to you know, make a sale or help the business or client that you're working with. And there's not, um, there's not a lot of art for art's sake in the world of graphic design. I mean, am I getting that right? Is the, cause that's uh, the way I see yeah, it. Yeah, you're correct. But I, I would say actually that illustration as a job, it's also, uh, like its aim is to promote or to sell something. It doesn't really like, unless you're doing it as a personal work, it doesn't really, um, exists in a vacuum, so it's not it's not art for art's sake. Still, it has a practical purpose always. I just think that the uh, again the ratio of like practicality and creativity is slightly different between illustration and graphic design. And graphic design is definitely um, like practicality heavy compared to illustration. Okay. Yeah. Also, I would say mm -hmm. I would say that like illustration is a sort of like something extra like a luxury and graphic design is a necessity like everything has graphic design uh like everything that exists you know mm -hmm. like graphic design could really just be the color scheme without any cool elements just like exactly. this is the font. yeah okay so i kind of get i'm seeing the difference now i'm curious um with all the projects that you've done whether it is with kind of the it because i'm sure you're you know there's continuously like different things. And then you also mentioned the film festival that you're doing, you've been doing for a while. Is there, have you ever had like a favorite project, you know, whether it's more illustrative or graphic design based, have you had a favorite project? And I'm kind of wanting to know why, if you, if you do have one that stands out. Um, I do have one that I really enjoyed at that had like absolutely no downsides whatsoever. I did an illustration for, and this was this was two years ago, I think. I did an illustration for the Washington Post. They were just um, they were doing these like city guides, and they wanted each city represented by an illustration created by uh, by a person who actually resided in that city. So you know, not not like somebody random. And they picked me for Moscow. And first of all, it was a, like, it was a great job because I was given full creative freedom outside of like a color palette that they were using that they, you know, that I had to use. Um, but other than that, they were super fast to work with, super fun, very, like they gave minimal feedback. And I, I was also just really proud to represent my city and to, I think, 
you know, avoid the like cliche imagery of Kremlin, of the Kremlin and of the of St. Basil's Cathedral and, you know, go for something a bit more obscure and also more like Moscow, I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously, you know, the, the city better than kind of the the stereotypical elements of it, the monuments are, you know, so I think that's really cool. I'm wondering, how did you find an opportunity like that? I was I was actually contacted by them, so I don't know how that came to be. But prior to that, uh, some people that I follow on on Instagram they also did work for uh, for like the American editions, I think, of these guides, and they were like, "Oh, thank you!" Like this art director, I, I forgot who it was, but. They think they're our director. And I was like, okay, maybe I should just like con- follow them or contact them and see if they need, you know, somebody for Moscow. Or maybe like even if they don't, they'll just keep me in mind. Uh, and then I did, but I ended up being contacted by a different art director from the Washington Post. I'm not sure if that if that like somehow factored into it, but yeah, like we all follow each other still. I, I don't not not like actively or anything, but mm-hmm. it's nice. Well, that leads to a an interesting topic. I'm wondering what's been your experience with kind of, and you don't, maybe this isn't the right word, but I'd say like digital networking or, you know, communicating with people across the globe, just kind of communicating based on art and social media. What's been your experience with that? I mean, have you had any experiences where you collaborated with someone? Cause I'd consider this something like, you know, I, I reach out to you on Instagram and now we're having a, a podcast together have you had any very cool collaborative experiences with uh, artists that maybe aren't in your area? Um, I did. So, okay, I'm part of this website that does that hosts like alternative posters called Poster Spy, and I've been like I've been there for I want to say four years, so quite a bit. And you know, it's like I've posted my stuff there and then I ended up being contacted by the site's uh, I guess owner uh, to design a book cover for him so that's been really fun and I've been doing some articles for their blog as well I've I've only done two thus far but still it's uh, nice so this was something that just happened organically like I wasn't actually trying to network Uh, but I think just me you know showing a prolonged interest in the site and like contributing to it for quite a bit uh this led to these opportunities mm-hmm. and so yeah i think the way you phrase it is a little bit um the organic networking where it's not really networking it's you're joining a community you're contributing and slowly maybe opportunities come from that maybe they don't but you're still kind of meeting people and you know understanding other people's um, art. I'm wondering, has there been a, any other examples of you kind of joining a, a community of artists like the the Poster Spy website? Or has that um, have been like the big one for you? I think that that has been the big one for sure. I've I've also had I've also had a friendship, but not not work opportunities, just a friendship arise from some uh, just fandom interactions on Tumblr way back when. So this uh, this has also been nice when it leads to like genuine human connections. And again, this also happened over a period of, you know, uh, like five years. So like a really long time, but it did end up being, you know, a real thing that spilled out into the real world. 
Yeah. And uh, speaking of time, I mean, you've been doing this graphic design work, just being an artist for such a long time. I'm wondering, maybe someone's about to get out of art school or, you know, they're very young. Maybe they're still in high school and kind of having dreams of maybe being where you're at now, or maybe they want to go a different direction. Maybe they want to illustrate books or, you know, any kind of um, artistic route. Do you have any advice for them mindset wise? Like, you know, be patient, like not, nothing cliche, something that maybe you specifically learned just as a, an artist. I think I'm just, I'm probably still going to sound very cliche. I think a lot of these bits of advice are often similar. So definitely the number one thing is to enjoy what you're doing, because otherwise, like this is, uh, I guess some people luck out early on, but otherwise this is really hard work and it doesn't, like it doesn't start kind of paying off you know, like at least financially uh, for quite a bit. So unless you're enjoying this, there's really no incentive to keep going. And that, so that's one thing. And then the other thing is to treat it like a sort of, you know, not like a sprint, but a really long race. So you're probably going to have periods when you're like in a slump or art blocking and just it's, you know, it's good to be gentle to yourself during these periods. Like, don't, you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to, like, be productive and creative all the time. It's okay to rest and relax and, like, recharge. And normally, uh, I think, like, yeah, earlier art slumps came, you know, they were pretty hard for me. But by now, I'm just like, uh, this will pass. And it always does. So, um, yeah, so I think these would be my, this is what I would say to younger people. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, just so people have an idea, what is kind of a, a day in your life look like, creatively speaking, like, you know, when you're doing the work and maybe kind of on your days off when you're relaxing? What's kind of your process for both of those things? Uh, so my weekdays, which is where I get most of my work done, I they're pretty boring. I work from home most of the time. Uh, I do, I do go into office uh, a day or two a week. And this, this is due to the pandemic. Obviously before that I did not work remotely. I was at the office every day. Uh, I normally try to get my, you know, day job work over with first. And then in the evening I squeeze in like whatever freelance stuff needs to be doing. And I, needs to be done and i normally plan for like for the entire week so i just sort of jot down like what i need like what deadlines i'm meeting this week and then i have more flexibility that way because maybe like maybe it's a day when i'm not like feeling super productive and i want to you know go for a bike ride instead so i won't put in like as many hours that day and maybe i'll put in more hours the next day so yeah, I normally treat like I normally go week to week rather than day by day. Uh, and my weekends, I also yeah, I also normally work a bit on my freelance stuff over the weekend. But normally, I just try to relax, and that could be I don't know, hanging out with friends or watching movies. I I watch quite a bit of movies. Uh, and like since it's summer now, I do enjoy cycling and just like going for walks. So. Uh, and I normally I normally try to do that on the weekdays also, just like, you know, a minimal amount of physical activity just so that I don't get like stir crazy. Yeah. Well, 
I'm wondering with the transition to working remotely, I mean, how do you find a balance, you know, being in the same spot? I mean, you mentioned kind of getting outside, being able to um, ride your bike, you know, just get out in nature. Is that like, I mean, are there any other processes that have helped you when you're doing remote work and kind of being in inside all the time? I think, uh, I think like the getting out of the house is the main thing. I've actually, I was sort of hesitant at first to do remote work. I mean, obviously we all had to, and I was, I was just kind of panicking that I would not be able to do it. I wouldn't be able to, you know, um, just like motivate myself well enough, but uh, those worries were absolutely unfounded. And I actually enjoy the, I guess, bigger freedom that comes uh, with working remotely, especially the fact that, uh, you know, cycling wise or walking wise, I can do that in the afternoon instead of like, you know, late at night or not, not late at night, but like in the evening after work. Uh, so that's been, that's actually been enjoyable and that's been helping me a lot. Uh, other than that, I can't say I'm going stir crazy. Russia is um, like, I don't know, fortunately or not, it's kind of lenient regarding the pandemic rules. So, and like, I'm, I'm already vaccinated. So I'm not like super chill about the whole thing, but I know that I can, you know, at least go out in moderate like safety. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, well, that's interesting that you hit on the note of almost you're still working the same amount, but being able to choose the spurts that you're working, because that seems to be a, a unique thing with remote work. And I've, I've heard this from other people where, you know, it's not necessarily nine to five anymore. It's you have this amount of work, get it done, but maybe you take a break in the afternoon and finish it up at night. Do you think that method is like helpful as a artist, as a graphic designer? I mean, I think it depends on the person. I'm sure there are people who prefer a more like regimented approach. I know that for me, this spurts thing, as you put it, is definitely more optimal because I, I normally get this like weird urge to work at night. And this is this is a sort of time that I would not be, you know, I would not be at the office at like 11 p.m. or whenever. Uh, and I conversely, I, I normally hit a sort of slump in the afternoon as I, as I think actually many people do. I do too. I'm glad really, you said something about that. Cause yeah, I've noticed that in myself. I think, Cause like some cultures take power naps during lunch. I think Italy I think is like that or maybe yeah. Spain, one of those countries. Yeah. So I've noticed that with myself, definitely. I, I know. So, so countries like Italy and Spain, they also have like really hot weather so I, I think they just can't function during that time maybe and this, this is not the case for Russia but I still feel kind of off you know after lunch like I, I don't really I don't really feel like working for the next like hour or so so the fact that I can just instead go for a walk and then you know catch up on my work later at night this has you know this has worked wonders for me mm-hmm. in many ways yeah yeah, I can see that. I'm glad you hit on that note because I bet there is something to that where, you know, just after a meal, I don't think anyone feels that, you know, productive. I think that's probably pretty normal. And and the fact is we've just kind of grown in this culture of, you know, have a quick lunch or eat lunch while you're working and keep working. And it's like you have that break at the end, but I bet there is something to it, to kind of taking more breaks. And that could be one of the blessings in disguise of of remote work of just realizing that we have different patterns and everyone's 
going to need to work slightly different hours because we're all built a little bit different. Um, but Maria, I wanted to transition a little bit and talk more about pop culture because I know that is something that seems to really influence you. And I want to get into kind of some of the movies that have inspired you that either inspired your art or just kind of inspired you as a person. I mean, you can take it any direction, but what are some of those movies, maybe top three or just one that really stands out? Oh, top three. Oh, it's, it's I don't want to put so you on this. Spot. First one, yeah. first one that comes it's to mind. Just, it's just really hard to pick because I, I just enjoy a lot of different movies. One movie that I love a lot that uh, is The Son of the Sea. It's an animated Irish movie. And I can't say that it has influenced me visually in any way, but just, you know, just the fact that it exists in the world brings me a lot of joy. And it's it's gorgeous and it's um, it's a different sort of style compared to like Disney movies. It's more, um, I don't know, just a more unique take, I think, on animation. And it's, uh, yeah, it's just a shameless, shameless plug of Irish movies. Uh, but yeah, it's very good, very recommended. Then I love the Back to the Future trilogy and I've watched it so many times. Uh, I can't say it inspired me in any way, but it's just, it's a good time always. And just the fact that this is something that's so, like, so well done and has stood the test of time is a huge inspiration. Because, like, it doesn't, like, the plot is still good and it still doesn't look dated. And actually, like, a lot of the special effects still hold up, weirdly enough. And I also really like... uh, the, I also really like uh, Evil Dead too, and um, I, I, so the the first movie is actually weirdly more inspiring to me, just because it was such a DIY affair, and I think it shows that like with enough uh, dedication, even if you're not like super good at something, you can still you know hit a gold mine. But yeah, I definitely I definitely like the second movie better than the first. It's just it just doesn't have the same like inspiring backstory mm. to What's it. What's the title again? Evil Dead Two. Evil Dead. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Sam Raimi movie from the eighties. It's okay. it's a pretty like schlocky horror comedy, but it's fun. Yeah, so I, the first one that you mentioned was animated, um, which is obviously, you know, going to relate more to illustration with animation. I mean, has that ever been something that piqued your interest in doing? Or have you always liked just still no no moving pictures? I did think briefly about going into animation. Actually, my uh, my cousin, who is also an illustrator, she started out in animation so I was thinking, you know, maybe I should do something similar or even in within the animation industry, you can do, you know, you can do concept art or character design, which are both, you know, still images. So you don't actually have to animate. But um, I, you know, it's easier for me to just uh, make one piece that speaks for itself compared to like, you know, 10 variations on the same character. I definitely do not have the skills to pull off like something super consistent over a long period of time. This is once again why I, like I love comics, but I would probably never be able to do a comic just because of the time commitment to one style and one project that that would have to 
involve. And like, I, I think I do have a style, but it's just like, when you're doing illustration, you can be slightly more flexible compared to animation or comics. So I, I think just the, the fact that I have a slightly different skill set compared to what's needed, or like slightly different, I would say vastly different skill set. Um, this was the main factor, but I do enjoy watching animated movies. So this is something I'm really interested in. Yeah. And- but like as a spectator, purely. Yeah. I mean, but at, in terms of the what you said about, you know, maybe not wanting to have to find the consistency every time, I think that's where, you know, posters really stand out as kind of being like, it seems like it was built for you. And I, I guess as to phrase that into a question, like the current work you're doing with posters, with with maps, do you feel like it it holds some significance because it's scarce? Um, no, I don't think there's more value to posters compared to something else, but it, um, you can definitely, I don't know, you can play around more, I think, within this format compared to, again, doing like a hundred stills or it's actually, it's obviously more than a hundred, but like, you're going to be working with other people. And this is also, I guess, more individualistic in many ways, which is probably not good, but it, works for me um but yeah posters are posters are really enjoyable because they just have like all the elements that i enjoy so like letters uh just the placement of everything which is you know graphic design and illustrations so it kind of hits like all of the skill checks that Mm -hmm. i need yeah and i'm wondering when you work on a personal project um whether that shows up as a poster whether it shows up as a map or you know whatever the case may be how do you go about kind of deciding like okay i'm gonna work on a personal project and not only that but i mean i guess do you ever consciously think how you know if i'm doing a a poster for this that could help me eventually get uh, a poster job for you know a, a film festival or something like that i mean with the work you've been doing with that one film festival like i guess how did you get that job was it just from work you had done with the IT company or was it personal work that got you that gig? Uh, That was actually through real life networking, weirdly enough. Yeah. Uh, Because I just knew some, like my best friend, the same one who had all the maps, she was involved in the festival. So she suggested me for the job. And then, you know, the other people liked me enough and I've stayed there. Uh, so there's there's really like no good background story to it. But uh, with the personal projects question, I would say, so in an ideal world, I would definitely be more like conscious of what ex- what I was doing and how it could help me. But mostly in my free time I just kind of want to unwind I think so I try to you know not think about like anything other than the actual work uh, you know the actual drawing part Um, but the like the fact that oh actually I, I remembered one example which hasn't led me anywhere thus far but I Oh no! Wait, never mind. Sorry, it did lead to one. It did lead to one project that um, 
it was a map, a fantasy map for Dungeons and Dragons, because I, I play Dungeons and Dragons. So I created a map for our com campaign. And then uh, when I posted it online, I was like, oh, this is a custom map for like a D&D campaign. And I never mentioned that it was a campaign I was a part of, because I mean, who cares, honestly. And I did get one job from that, but it's, uh, it's a new job and it's like, I can't really speak much about it yet. Uh, so yeah, it's it, like, I haven't even started on it yet. It's uh, like I'm due to start it in September, but it looks to be really fun and it's uh, D and D related. And I, I got it because of that map among other things. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. I mean, that's a cool example of, of what you're talking about and keeping on the topic of personal work. I mean, not necessarily in the sense of, oh, is it going to lead to a job or a, a different opportunity? But when it comes to just deciding, okay, you know, today I feel I'm feeling creative. I don't want to work on this work. I got free time. How do you kind of go about deciding something? I mean, is it like you have a, a little notes app of, oh, you know, I, I had a little doodle of I, I want to expand on this idea. There was a lyric and a song. I mean, do you ever kind of keep track of those little ideas to turn into something bigger? Absolutely. I actually have like, I want to say like 20 maybe different notes apps for that. So it's like English quotes, Russian quotes, just like regular ideas for doodles, poster ideas. And then uh, if I'm feeling stumped, normally I have like a couple of drafts that are like in process. So I can just always come to them and try to, you know, make a full blown illustration or lettering piece out of them. But if I'm not feeling like it, or if I'm super stumped, I just, yeah, I just, you know, take out those notes and I skim through them and I see what looks like, you know, the most doable thing for today. And then I just get down to it normally. Uh, but yeah, a lot of my, a lot of my things end up being in draft stages for like a really long time. I think my record was two years. Um, it, it was just like, it was just always there looking at me from the like work in progress folder. And then one day I was just like, okay, I need to like, I have nothing to do today, tonight. I'll just like finish this. And I did. And it was, it was really fast. It was like an hour's work and I couldn't bring myself like for two years to actually finalize it. Yeah. And I think you hit on a, an important note that really any creative in any medium could use and it's the idea that you know work on multiple projects at the same time and i mean this is more for personal projects and it would apply to bigger stuff but you know the stuff that isn't you're not required to finish or there's no deadline for it i think having so many options so if you do get stuck on one you're not stuck you don't have you know you're not in a rut you're just okay maybe i don't have something for this idea but what's going on in this folder what's going on in that folder um so i'm glad you kind of hit on that that note I guess, are there any, because the way I see your art, you know, there's a lot of ways to organize it and, you know, maps being one, posters being another, um, and really like lettering. Is there any, has there been something or maybe something on the, on your radar where you kind of want to expand where your art might show up? So maybe not in a film festival, maybe not in a, maybe not on a t-shirt, but something new. Um, I, I don't know exactly what that would look like, but have you thought about like, where can my art be that it's never been? Or do you have something in mind for that? Um, I realized just recently that I 
yeah, I really enjoyed the book cover gig that I did recently. And I realized that that would be something that I would, that I should do more of. And actually I should probably, you know, do some personal book cover related projects. Cause like I've, I've never really done book covers. So like how would people know? Uh, so, and I think just cause books are like really nice to hold in your hands. Also it's, most illustrators, I think, really enjoy to see their stuff in print. So just like, honestly, anything, anything that exists in the physical world is already like a super fun job just by virtue of being, you know, a real life thing. Um, but other than that, I, I haven't really thought about like other applications of my art compared, like, I'm, you know, I'm open to whatever I'll probably, um, something else will come up eventually, but like at the moment, I can't really think of anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so as we're kind of getting closer to the end, I wanted to ask more broad kind of open-ended questions that don't have to apply directly to you, but I just kind of want to hear your take on them. Um, the difference between, or I guess I want to know, how would you define imagination versus creativity? How would you distinguish them if you had to? Uh, imagination, at least for me, it's definitely about, you know, coming up with something new uh, and just like uh, the mental capacity to come up with something new. Whereas creativity, I think, is a lot of the time it's more about like combining existing things in unexpected ways. So it's less about uh, new things and it's more about new combinations at least to me okay okay yeah I definitely see that and on that same note of kind of talking about imagination or creativity um, when it comes to projects that you're you have to do on a deadline that you know it's your job versus personal projects I guess I, I want to know when you're thinking of what to do like let's say the project is film festival you got to have it done in a month how do you go about, and you can pick maybe a specific project and kind of walk us through um, the, the thought process to come up with ideas for it, but for something on a deadline, how do you usually look for inspiration? I mean, do you go to past posters of this brand, this company, or do you, like, where do you find inspiration? I guess I want to know. I... Uh, I have a huge, like, I'm kind of old school about things like that. So I know a lot of people use Pinterest for mood boards, but I, I just have a huge uh, collection of, like, pictures saved on, uh, like, on my hard drive. So whenever I'm stumped for inspiration, this is actually the number one place that I go to. And a lot of them, like, most of them don't have anything to do with work. A lot of it is just, like, maybe fan art or book illustration or, like, comics related. Uh, and I just, like, I just skim through all of it because there's, there's quite a lot. And whatever I think can in any way like help me move this project along maybe like maybe I see a letter shape that I really like or you know a color palette in a completely unrelated pro like project like anything that can get me going uh this I save to like a new I guess work folder uh and then I see what I've collected and it's maybe like 20 to 30 images and I just kind of start playing off on that so 
I, I would say, sadly, I'm very like heavily inspired by other people's art primarily, which is not, not a good thing. Like it's better to be inspired by real life. Uh, but I, at least like my, a, a good thing about all of this is that I kind of like always come prepared because just because I've like built this huge collection over the years. I mean, it, it, it also doesn't look like real life stuff too, maybe like street signs and stuff like that. But yeah, a lot of it is just like other people's creations. Yeah. And I mean, it sounds like it's mainly art, but do you ever take inspiration from other mediums, books? I mean, I know the, the movies you kind of laid out, you're like, they didn't necessarily influence my art, but you did mention kind of keeping a, a folder of quotes that, you know, may end up as a graphic design project. Where, where, what other mediums do you use to find inspiration? Uh, well, the quotes mostly come from music, I would say. Uh, and yeah, maybe movies. But I think uh, just like, because art is such an interconnected system, uh, a lot of it just helps inform, like it, it, all of it helps inform itself, I guess. So like music inspires movies, movies inspire art, art inspires music. Uh, and I think it's like, it's a good skill to be able to sort of take, uh, take influences from other media again. Uh, and to be able to translate it into like, if it's music to be able to translate it into illustrations, so like maybe a vibe or maybe you're watching the movie and you like the like color palettes used in the shot. So that could also help you things like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that of just taking different elements, but finding new ways to do that. Cause I sometimes, um, you know, when I make a, a little short film, I get so much inspiration from music and it's just like sometimes a song will literally set the plot um and sometimes that song won't even end up in it you know if i can't afford the the copyright and it's not just some royalty free track but yeah that idea that inspiration can come from different mediums because i mean at the end of the day it all boils down to art it's all taking a risk it's all trying to innovate something so these mediums can be interconnected um and so, I, I think music is actually like probably the like the single most inspiring uh, type of art simply because it's so like emotion based. Uh, I mean, with other things, you're always looking at skill, at least to some extent. But with music, you know, it can be like the instruments can be out of tune or uh, like the lyrics maybe rhyme really badly, but the emotion is what really matters. And uh yeah i do like to also draw to music and i think it helps uh i, I guess it just helps like emotionally you know maybe hit on some vibe mm -hmm. uh in my art yeah yeah i definitely agree i mean i'm always have music going on no matter what what i'm doing um so i definitely see that maria as as we wrap up this interview i want to ask you one final question and that is simply what at this moment are you intensely curious about kind of in this stage of your life? Oh, um, well, I'm, this is, this is going to sound really self-involved, but I'm turning 30 this week, which is a pretty big date. So I'm, I'm just, uh, so I'm just, I'm mostly really curious as to what the next decade of my life will bring. Uh, 
uh, I think just because 30, it, it's like, it's a kind of watermark age. Oh, wait, water, water line. Anyway, it, it's just, a, it's a transition from like youth to, you know, adulthood, I would say. Uh, and yeah, this has been keeping me like preoccupied for the past couple of weeks. Just the, the impending doom of my 30s. Well, I, I, I think uh, I can't speak on on the topic, but I think there's going to be a lot of good to know, you know, come in the next decade. Do you have any kind of goals that you would want to achieve between 30 and 40? Maybe like physical goals that would prove to yourself that, you know, you're not you're not decaying, but you're actually getting stronger. Like, I don't know, like run a marathon. Like, do you have any of those types of goals? Have you thought about um, that? Not physical goals, not really. But maybe I would like to pick a like a new hobby this decade. You know, because just a lot of my interests kind of lie in the fields of art or like art related things, and I should just branch out. I think by now. Well, I'd be curious. I'll, I'll be following your journey on Instagram, and I'll I'll definitely be curious to see what what comes out in this next decade. Um, Maria, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, I will definitely be linking your Instagram, your Tumblr at Grenadine with a lot of R's. So anyone listening can just check the the description and click on the link. Do you have any final notes? Anything you want to shout out um, before we end this? Um, well, this was actually my first time appearing on the podcast. So thank you for this experience. I hope more people interview you and, and other artists in the future because I think that's the point of this podcast is – you know, I see a ton of artists on Instagram and, you know, maybe they're not, oh, the, the million followers, but I think every artist has a really interesting story and has a really interesting thing to say. And that's why I like reaching out to people like you. Um, so Maria, thank you so much for being on the show and for anyone listening, I will see you guys next week. Hey guys, if you like this episode, but kind of wish there was more something you could take action on rather than just passively listen, well then I highly recommend signing up for the Purple Elephant Collective Patreon. If you go for the second tier, the Baby Elephant, that'll unlock two bonus podcast episodes a month. And these are not normal paper scrap episodes or or bonus interviews. These are workshop based, based around questions offered, questions you can answer, practical skills, something that you can use to set goals, change beliefs, get out of writer's block. Now, I'm making this because I think it's useful. I think passively consuming this content is helpful to an extent. But the difference between passively listening and taking action is night and day, which is why I highly recommend you check the link in the bio, go on the Patreon. There's a couple other cool tiers that you can look at on there. And I really hope you'll join the Purple Elephant Collective. This is what I envisioned. This is the community I imagined when I started building this brand out. Thanks for listening.